knows what's happening. Lee Jones here from Jonah 101 Football Training. I got the other, the two legends with me as always. Jules, top left, I think. You're my top yep. left anyway, Jules. We're on a Zoom call here, guys. And Shano, uh, head of podcast, as we call him. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's not really head of podcast, but yeah. Oh, wow, poor that hammering you. I, guys, oh, I've like, got a special guest today, guys. Unbelievable. Um, the guests just keep coming in. It's, it's amazing for you guys. Are you ready for this intro? Oh, this is unbelievable. All right, guys, on the <laughs> podcast today, we have a very special guest, a player that has pretty much done it all. Started his career at Stockport County and working his way through the English Football Leagues to play on the biggest stage in world football. A few honours include winning the Football League Championship in 2011-2012 season with Reading, becoming Reading's highest scorer in the Premier League for 2012-13 season, picking up the Premier League player a month for January 2013, winning back-to-back league titles with Sydney FC in the A-League and a career total goals of 237. Woo! An absolute legend, and I know some of my mates in the UK are going to be buzzing for this one. Welcome to the podcast, Adam LaFondra. Go on. <laughs> Mate. Yeah, it's nice, that. Did you like nice that? that? Nice to see what I've accomplished, that. Yeah. That is, that, I, was, I was actually looking at your Wikipedia today, and we won't mention the photo that's attached with the Wikipedia, but... <laughs> I'm looking uh, at the minute. I'm just an older version of it at the minute. <laughs> uh, I was like, wow, wow, this guy's played for a lot of clubs. He's, he's yeah. done a lot in his career. And I was like saying to Shane and Jules, this podcast could probably go on for five hours. But um, an amazing career, mate. And it's a, it's a credit to yourself and myself, Jules and Shane, are just going to ask you some questions. And I would say at the minute, a majority of our listeners are like young footballers, obviously, but um, the listeners have gone absolutely through the roof in the last couple of weeks. So, but obviously, a lot, a lot of our young footballers that we work with are going to listen to this. So, they're going to really value your opinion, mate. So, thank you so much for coming on. No, it's anything to help. You know, young aspiring footballers. Obviously, this sort of weren't really big. You know, back in the day when I was coming up. So, to hear professional players who played 15, 20 years of, of good football, and, and obviously you pick up what you want from that would have been you know perfect for me at the time, but. Know, if I can help anyone you know, aspiring to be a footballer and it gives them a, a little edge they want, then that's, that's good for them, I guess. 100%. And I think the career, the career that you've had and the experiences you've been through, they're going to get probably a lot out of the podcast today. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, the first thing I want to talk about is like your journey as a, as a footballer. Um, obviously, you've been through a lot. Where did it all start for you? Um, just obviously, you know, usual junior team. I was five, I think I was. I played my first game with like, I was playing with like under eights at the time. Never, obviously, never really kicked a ball properly. Um, just sort of got through in at the deep end with, with my best mate at the time. Um, both of us were five playing with his older brother and somehow managed to score in the game as well. I it was literally, I was like a tiny dot compared to all these big lads and you know, as, as you're as a footballer at a young age, you know, you're running around just kick, kicking people and kicking the ball when you get near it. Um, and it just, you know, my love for it just grew and grew. I was in the sort of family where, you know, we lived and, and breathed football. I had an older brother who played football. So I was forever playing with, like, trying to chase him around and trying to get better than him. And, and there was always a good rivalry between us. Yeah, right. So you say your, bro- your, your, your brother's played a big part in your career as well, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, especially in the early stages, my brother and my dad obviously uh, massive influences on on what I've become. My dad, you know, installed a lot of um, you know home truths early doors, especially when I was younger. And you know, he he gave me the desire. And, um, he wasn't one to praise me really. So a lot of you know tough love really, especially from about seven till probably now. I'm still getting tough love from him. <laughs> wow. I'll be on the phone to him afterwards on FaceTime, mm. you know, wow. critiquing me and telling me I should have done this, I should have done that, which I, I enjoy because um, I, I never want to think I played well. I always want to see the bad in everything so I can improve for the next time. And I think I've always been like that. I've always been um, almost a perfectionist in what I do. Like I've, no, nothing's ever good enough. Um, mm. when it, obviously, when you're younger, you can't, you're hard to see it like that. When I was seven, eight, nine, ten. I was scoring a lot of goals and I'd come off a game, say score five, and my dad would be like, 
that's not good enough. You should be scoring yeah. seven, eight, nine. Like, what, how did you miss that chance? And I'd be like, Dad, I've scored five. And he's like, nah. No, go back. <laughs> that, that, reminds, that reminds me of my dad. 100%. Another Taylor. He's definitely, my, my father's definitely mellowed over the years. Um, obviously, as <laughs> I've grown to talk back to him. Uh, you know, er, earlier on, it was my mum who had to sort of defend me a fair bit. Um, but as, as we've got older, <laughs> I've started not to listen to him as much. And, you know, obviously, I have my own opinions about how I play and stuff. But I always value his opinion because, you know, he's my dad and he's, he's seen me from a kid. So yeah. I'll never stop not wanting to know his opinion on did that's, did that's did did your dad go to um, a lot of your games? Obviously, through your career. Yeah, every, enough, every game he can. You know, um, even when I was in Reading, he'd drive three hours to come watch me. Um, Cardiff, he'd drive wherever to come watch me, and you know, he's he's always done that. He's he's watched me in Italy when I was about thirteen years old playing for Stockport. He's been wow. to Ireland. He's been everywhere I've been. You know, with football, he's been there with me. Apart from Australia, because he can't get a visa. Uh, that's the only bad thing about it really wait I, I, I think I've got a question on that would you say like you, you you need that support from your mum and dad if you want to pursue a career as a professional footballer or do you think you could do it without your mum and dad I think it definitely helps yeah you know uh, I think as a, as a young player you need a sounding board I don't think you can burden it all on your shoulders you know um there was times in, in my journey when I was 15, 16, where I weren't enjoying football. Um, criticism was getting a little bit too much for me. And I needed to speak to my parents and just say, look, I, I was, uh, there's one point when I was like 16 at Stockport as a YT. And um, I wasn't going through a good spell. And I got brought off in a game. I scored after 30 minutes, but he brought me off after like 40. And I'd never, never done that before. I'd never been brought off like early in a game. And after the game, I was just like to my dad like, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm scoring every week, but they're bringing me off all the time and like start berating me and that. I don't, I don't really need this. And he was like, "Come on, son, like tough it out. You're better than that. Don't worry, believe in yourself." And you know that that obviously I went back next week and probably scored like an hat trick or something and come back from that. But at that time, it was, <laughs> the world was on my shoulders and and you know turn from it. And he was just like, "No, no, son, you've got a gift. You've got to pursue it. You've got to work harder than everyone else." To go from that, I think that's what parents should be doing. Or you know, you got to have a positive influence in your younger career to you know to take bits from and to give you that uh, advice when you need it. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. I feel like it's 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 actually pivotal. You know, I feel like parents could actually ruin a player if they wanted to. Um, Definitely. You know, with the things that they say to the players, I just want to I just want to ask you a question actually. You you said you were YT at Stockport. What what year were you a YT? Did, were they still? Because I reckon I might have played against you. You know, uh, um, I, I was at, I was at Wrexham for a bit. YT oh three oh three I think I went in oh three oh four oh four oh five I got my pro. So, so you're thirty you're thirty three yeah yeah thirty three eight six yeah. Nah, I probably would have just missed you then because I I'm thirty. Yeah, you look. You're, you're lucky you just missed him, didn't you? Yeah, Shaz, I know. I was centre back at the time as well. Would have yeah. absolutely pulled my pants down. I was going to say my first senior hat trick was against Wrexham. Yeah, um, scored four that day. There you go. One five two. Yeah, probably would have been more if Lee was playing. To be honest, <laughs> at least five or six. <laughs> so it was in there. You might know him. The the ginger one, the young ginger keeper. It was his debut. Yeah. Carrots, carrots. It was his debut that game. He's been him. never seen. He hasn't been seen since. <laughs> oh, he, no way! I can't believe it. You bag five against carrots. I'll have to tag him in it. I'm friends with him on Instagram. <laughs> Why are you laughing? That's his name. Well, his name's Michael Jones. But yeah, of course yeah, that's 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 <laughs> Michael Jones called him carrots. He was actually um, very, very good goalkeeper at the time. But obviously, you bag five. So no, four, 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 four five. They won't let me take the penalty. I was too young. <laughs> wow. Love it. Love that. Is that where you, you grew up or is that, did you yeah. have a decision um, to go to other clubs? I was in, in Stockport uh, and I had, I had a lot of opportunities to move away from Stockport when I was younger uh, to obviously premiership teams at the time and stuff like that but it never really got into my mind of me going to a bigger club and 
you know, being stockpiled in the reserve team. I didn't, I didn't really see that for me. I wanted to get the first team as fast as possible and, you know, go from there, really. And for me, it felt like I was going to do that at Stockport. They were sort of fast-tracking me from 16 anyway into the, into the first team. I travelled with the first team when I was 16 after the first season to China. We did a, t- a tour to China. Ended up finishing the leading scorer on, on tour with the, the first team. And they were like, look, when we come back, you're signing your pro. We, you know, next season you're going to play. So I was sort of vindicated with, with what I was doing. But, um, yeah, of course, I had, I had the opportunities to, to go elsewhere. But for me, I was I was happy at home. You know, I was, like I said, I was just about to break into the first team as well. And I, I was happy for that to be my plan. Obviously, people are different. Where, you know, nowadays, a lot of young players don't sign a five-year at Chelsea or United City or whatever, sitting mm. in the, the 23s for a bit um, and, and hopefully break through and, you know, in football, hoping there's nothing you wait so long and you know, people pass you by. There's always a younger player um, or a better young prospect coming through and who takes your place if you stand still. Um, you know, there's not a lot of time for standing still in football because you know, there's so many players coming into the game who could go past you straight away. Yeah, that's really, that's really interesting because... I just want to touch on that because you just said that, you know, you had chances to go straight to the top and you, and you chose not to, you know, and we all know the percentage of players that actually make it in these Premier League clubs, which is very, very low. Um, you know, and obviously looking at your career, you've gone right the way from League Two straight away to the Premier League, you know, and, and worked your way. Th- and there's obviously, do, do, do you think there's a lot of players that have done that, Alfie? Or, you know, it's, I would say there's, there's not many that have done that. League two straight to Prem. No, there's, there's obviously a few. I think you know there's a lot of a lot of good players who don't get the opportunity to do that. I was obviously quite lucky to to go to the Premiership with Reading in the first season I was there. So obviously I was quite lucky in that aspect. And you know I think League Two, League One is littered with really good players, but sometimes it's not the right opportunity for them, or you know sometimes it's the attitude. You know um, you see the Ravel Morrison quotes that have come out recently. I, I got to play with him at, at Cardiff and he was unbelievable. One of the best players, technically wise, I've seen him and Nick Powell are probably two of the best players I've ever played with for, te- like, for technical ability and, you know, just raw talent. But other other factors didn't come with it. You know, uh, he, were, he Ravel's outstanding player and, and a really nice lad as well. But sometimes he, he just didn't want to train. Sometimes he didn't fancy it. And, you know, it, to be a top, top, top player, you can't do that. You have to turn up every day. I think the quote says something about Gary Neville. You know, um, he wasn't the greatest player, but he trained every day as if you know there was no tomorrow. So, you know, as a, as a professional, you have to ingrain that in you if you want to reach higher heights than than what you what you're doing. You know, um, for me at League Two, I was doing all right, scoring you know pretty much week in week out, but I probably wasn't working hard enough to be at Championship level, which was probably vindicated and then when I got my chance and I realised how hard you have to work to be at that level and obviously beyond that is, is obviously the Premier League so you know the the hard work never stops I think that's what you know the, the top players do they they work more than anyone oh, I've I seen um, I've seen an article actually when I was doing some research that uh, you, I can't remember when it was but someone had interviewed you and you came out and said that the Premier League was was so demanding like you came out and said that it was just ridiculously demanding. Like what, what is, there's so many questions that we could ask you obviously because your career is incredible, but like what is the difference between the Premier League, the Championship and, and like League One, League Two? Like what's the difference between them? Just the quality, you know, every time you go up a level, the quality of play is much more better and, you know, the ruthlessness and just everything like that. So when I went from the Championship, from, from League Two to the Championship, the first few games, I was like, "Wow, I'm miles off it, like fitness-wise, physically-wise, <laughs> just everything." Like I'd, I scored, I think scored five goals in League Two before I moved, and then moved, and I was like, oh, "Wow, people are just booting me all over the place." Like in League Two, I could bully a few people, uh, run past them, and stuff like that. Where here, I was like, I was getting half a yard, but they were getting back at me. I was getting ragdolled. So it took me probably two or three months to get used to that and get used to the football in the championship. And then when we went to the Prem, it, to be fair, I found the Prem easier than the championship physicality-wise because they respect you a little bit more and want you to try and play. But you won't get as many chances. You won't get 
the ball as much and you had to be, you know, you had to be technically sound to do anything in a game. And, you know, when you play the top sides, you may get two shots all game. They'll have maybe 15, if you, depending on how good you are on the ball. They'll have 15, wow. score like three or four if they're, you know, good chances and you'll have one half chance. And if you don't score, like you're out of the game. Like, and like, if you give anyone, you look at Aguero, Torres, you give them half a chance, mate, you want no down. And that's what, it, that's what my journey was like in, in the Premiership. When we played the top teams, when they got half a chance, it was a goal. Like, and we were just like, cheers, we'll just keep running then. <laughs> wow, that, yeah. that, like, that's insane. To get an insight I've, like that is, is incredible. I've always wondered that, because um, I, I know you hear people say it, but to hear that the Championship is probably a tougher league to play in than, than the Premier League is, is really interesting. It's just more demanding, more demanding physically. You know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, you got back yeah. up again. You yeah. know, everyone's a very good player who can play high. You know, majority can play higher than what the level they're playing at. Um, like I say, the, the football's not all completely about, you know, keeping the ball and stuff like that. A lot of it's, you know, we'll try and break you. We'll smash it on your head for 70 minutes mm. and see how you deal with that. And then once 70 minutes gone, they bring on fresh players and start trying to play and you're like... Well, what's going on here? Sort of thing. Like, why are these guys not starting? Um, it's it's just a war. The championship's literally a war. Whereas, mm. you know, when you get to the Premiership, it's a lot more tactical. Um, the players are obviously technically a little bit better because you get obviously you can afford to have the magicians who who can unlock defenses who don't do the hard yards. You're going to get in the championship where you got, you know, your winger who will give you seven out seven out of ten every game, but he'll give you twelve kilometers a game, and you know, smashing the fullback. Whereas in the Prem, you'll have Silver on the right, just cutting in, just chilling, like, find me in the pocket and I'll, I'll ruin your defence. Like, you don't really get <laughs> too many of them players that you can carry in the Championship. But when you're a good team in the Prem, you, you've got them players. We we played Arsenal and I think Cazola scored Atrick against us. He was, he was a joke. You couldn't, couldn't pick him up on the pitch. He was that good. It was embarrassing how good he was at finding space and being in between the lines and, you know, for us at that point, we were just like, we come off the game and we're like, we should have played 10 at the back. Like, couldn't do anything mm. again. Wow. Jules, a massive Arsenal fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, massive. I was loving that, mate. <laughs> I know exactly what game you're talking about. Um, just a quick question, actually, on that. Obviously, you talk about the fact that the championship was so physical and you were actually quite successful in the championship with Reading. Um, you're not exactly the biggest player or, or the biggest striker. What helped you to be successful in spite of that? Because you're saying so many long balls get lumped on your head and whatnot. Did you have to become a smarter footballer? How, what did you develop in your game to help you be successful at that level? Yeah, definitely. Um, I watched the players that were playing and, and doing well. Um, you know, for me, my game is very instinctive. So it didn't matter if I was playing League Two, Park Football, Premiership or Championship. I knew the way I play, I would get chances regardless. It was just making sure I was a reliable team player you know, within that as well, because I knew I would score goals with you know, whatever I was playing. It was just the fact that I need to be, you know, a sound foot like striker, really. I had to be able to hold the ball up. I had to be able to uh, make the right runs for the team and, and become a better team player than, than an individual striker. Um, and I think I did that by, I watched, like, obviously we had Jason Roberts at the time. We had Noel Hunt, who played in that level for a while. And, you know, Jason Roberts, who played in the Prem for years. And, I was watching them and taking bits off them and, and trying to implement it in my game because, you know, I'm still on a learning curve. I'm still learning now at 33 how to get better. I watch all the games I can to, to pick up things and, and see if I can implement them in my game to you know, help me score more goals. Really. Yeah, very yeah, good. I, I love that. Did you, did, you, did you enjoy your time in the Premier League? Yeah, I loved it. Who would want to watch themselves on match of the day? Like, Gary Lineker wow. talking about, you know, I was, you know when I, score dream, goals, when, when I score goals in the Prem, I was like, sat re-watching Match of the Day all the time. Like, I couldn't believe it. Wow. You know, the season before yeah. that, yeah, yeah. League Two, I was playing like Barnet at home or something like that. <laughs> and fast forward 12 months, I was playing Stoke at home, scoring in the 90 minutes against them to, to equalise. You scored wow. on your debut in the Premier League, yeah? Yeah, that was the Stoke game, yeah. That's what I mean. It's like dream come true, really. I was playing yeah. 3,000 at... Rotherham, I can't remember the first game was. 
3,000 for Rotherham at the Don Valley Stadium, which was a running track around it. So you can imagine. Yeah, terrible pitch. It's a terrible I, pitch. As, side of it done. So like, and I go from that to 25,000 at Majeski, um, first game yeah. in, in the Prem wow. season later. So, you know. Alfie, I've got to ask you, my sister's boyfriend is a massive Stoke fan. Shout out to Jamie. Is that ground what it says? Everyone is like cold, rainy night at Stoke, whatever. You know, what is it like that to play there? It was windy, obviously, because of the four corners of are not obviously um, finished or whatever. The wind comes in off it. But when we went there, we got tucked in, I think, two or three nil after an international break. And um, it weren't cold, <laughs> night, but <laughs> we got slapped up. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Um, we, I didn't actually say at the start of the podcast how we actually first met Alfie on that uh, chip challenge we did yeah. on we, bat, we battered you that day <laughs> it was a good game wasn't it but they, they fixed the result for us yeah yeah I knew they would I knew they would I but yeah nah. that would have been good that for a draw to show them like oh, you, you were just getting your little lob wedge out weren't you yeah so hitting it slightly 60 degree under it just weren't quite getting enough <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to golf. We'll get to golf a little bit later on. Um, I want to talk about um, your move to Australia. Then I think we'll obviously come back to the Premier League a little bit later on. There's a little bit more we we'll probably want to ask about it, but I want to just talk about like Australia and the A League. And I feel like the person that got you or helped you to come to Australia, I know him very, very well because I actually worked with him, uh, Graham Duffield. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is, is that your agent now? Yeah. Wow, yeah. So he was he he played obviously a pivotal role in getting you in Sydney FC. Yeah, yeah. Um, he pretty much started the move out. Uh, him and Adam Federici, you know, the goalie who was oh, a yeah. Stoke. Oh, yeah. Played with him at Reading. Um, he sort of put my name forward for Sydney, and then my agent sort of did the running from there. And um, you know, here I am, sort of eighteen months later. Wow. Was it was it a big was it a big decision for you to to move here or? Yeah, massive decision. Did you jump uh, at it? I, it was a lot of, you know, woman and Ireland really. I had all through the summer before I came, I had a few Australian teams who wanted to bring me over and they weren't really pushing it as far as I thought they would. So I was like, not really too bothered. Gone back into pre-season with Bolton and, and they were, we obviously we stayed up on the last day of the season before and I was playing in pre-season, scoring goals. So I weren't really too bothered. I was like, another season in the championship, I can do that. But I always had a thought in my head, like, if I wasn't going to play regularly, then I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to, the season before, I had a bad, well, not a bad season for me, but I just didn't play enough and I weren't happy with that. Uh, I played two games in the first four months of the season, then played from February onwards when we stayed up. So I thought, I, I thought I did my job when I played, but it wasn't enough and wasn't really, I probably wasn't really for the gaffer there at the time. Um, and his tactics are probably didn't suit the way you wanted to play. So for mm. me, um, I was just thinking, look, I need to get out and, and play weekend and just start enjoying my football again. And, and then Sydney came up and it was a, a, a totally different proposition to the clubs that I came in because, you know, these are the, the, they were the reigning champs at the time. Of the, I think it was the Premier, so I think they won the season before. And, you know, they were near enough invincible. Obviously, Bobo was here the season before and broke all the records and stuff. So... For me, I was I was loving the challenge that that sort of set for me um, to come here and you know try and light the league up like he had, uh, and I, I, I wanted to do that because I, I knew I was going to play every week. I knew I could play in the Asian Champs League, you know, experience that's something totally different. The only the only thing for me was was making sure that it was okay for my girls and and, and obviously my wife to come out here and making it. You know, obviously, it's great for families out there, so it's, it's been a, a really good decision. But at that time, yeah. it's a scary decision because you're leaving everyone behind. You know, they're, they're a day away effectively. So, um, you know, I'm not seeing people for you know two years now, after 18 months, two years. But that's that's my job. But you know, the great the great thing about FaceTime, Zoom, um, house party, and stuff like that, you get to see them all the time whenever you want if you want to press accept. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's a massive decision, but it's one I think I've been fully vindicated in because. Coming out, oh, you smashed it, mate. Really you smashed it. it, yeah. Absolutely smashed it, and it's like I've been here for seven, eight years, and in terms of like the lifestyle here, there's, there's no, there's no better place for me. Um, I've, I have got like one big question that I, that 
all my mates talk about me, Jules, Shane, everyone talks about it, but I just feel like there's no one better to ask than yourself. Um, obviously, you've played in League Two, League One, Championship, Premier League. Where where do you think the A-League, in terms of the standard, sits in, in, in terms of that perspective? I think it all you know, varies with the teams. You know, I think, like my team at Sydney, I think we could, you know, sort of cope in the championship if we adapted to the way football's played in the championship because, you know, it's totally different from, from there to here. Um, and then obviously, you know, the, the top teams like Perth as well, that they, they would probably be in between League One and the championship. Um, Interesting. Victory normally. Maybe yeah. not this season because they've not done well this season. Um, Melbourne City as well, probably similar to us, you know. Um, and then the rest, sort, you know, from the league filter down from their league one, league two, um, with, with how the league standings are, I'd say, most likely. Um, from, only from, from my perspective, obviously, it's, it's different on individual players, but as a team, I'd probably say, you know, uh, there's probably two or three who might be all right in the championship, then the rest are league one, league two level, really. Wow, that's. That's really interesting. There's no one better, really, to answer that question than yourself because you've you've played a lot of games. Everyone, yeah, you've played everywhere, and that's always been a debate with me and my friends. You know, like, oh, what what level do you? And I think what you mentioned there is a style of play. I feel like you know the championships a lot more physical, probably faster. Yeah, it's a bit more tactical in the A League. Would you say there's a lot more tactics involved? Yeah, I think um, in the A League they try to do it right. You know, playing out from the back. Um, you know, trying to get midfield patterns, defensive patterns, and you know, and obviously working forward to attacking patterns. But I think um, sometimes you can just do football for football's sake as well. Uh, for me mm. personally, if I was a coach, you know, sometimes yeah, pass it to centre half only for him to turn around and launch it. Then why don't you just get your keeper to launch it? I think sometimes that that comes into a little bit with, with Australian football. They try and overplay for the sake of it of this nice, beautiful football, whereas. You know, sometimes you can just launch it downfield and get a flick on it. You're in. It's beautiful football because you've scored from that. Well, I've seen, yeah. I've seen one, I've seen one of your left foot volleys, mate, from a flick on <laughs> top bins. Yeah, that's classic championship football. That for you. We'll have a goal. Flick it on, shoot. Oh, what a finish that was! I've got it on me. Uh, I'll share it with everyone a bit later on on the Zoom. <laughs> left foot is your chocolate as well. Yeah, that's not your strong foot. Uh, yeah, it's not a strong foot. It's not a chocolate one. Though. It's a little bit of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> that wafer. <laughs> oh. Fantastic yeah. chocolate that. What do you um what do you what do you feel has been I guess the biggest challenge football wise here in Australia for you? Conditions. Uh, conditions. Sorry, the heat, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I struggled. Struggled yeah. with that. Well, you know, obviously um especially championship and premiership, you know, pictures of carpets, you go most weeks there carpets, you know, you know the surface is gonna be like, you know, how hard it's gonna be. Some weeks here you can come to a pitch and wow, it's rock solid. Then you go to the week later, it's soft as anything in places. Um, you know, I think that's probably the been the biggest difference for me is maybe the pitches getting used to them and like I say the, the weather and conditions, you know, going to Perth and playing at half five. Uh, yeah. you know Do you think that's something do you think that's something that they look, should look to improve on? Like if they're going to continue playing the summer, maybe the time of the games? Because I know you guys sometimes play at three o'clock, as you said, or even five o'clock when it's still very, very hot. And it's very hard as a footballer. We, we would all know that to yeah. like play a normal game I sometimes. A good product and, you know, if you want to play yeah. on a great product and a good show, then you've got to give us the best opportunities to do that. I think, you know, playing at five o'clock in Perth when it's four degrees. Is yeah. Outrageous. You know, having drinks, but even having drink breaks in the game, ridiculous really. Yeah. Just wait an hour and a half or two hours and play. And then obviously I know the time difference isn't great, but you know what I mean? They've all got Foxtel Go or whatever and can watch the game later or, or stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm. I just think you've got to give us the best opportunity to give us to give the best product for everyone mm. to watch. I think you know, when I'm getting cramped in 50 minutes, in my first game, Perth got cramped after 50 minutes. And wow. never, never in my life have I experienced anything like it. I was on the halfway line, both calves gone, thinking I'm yeah. going to get through the game. I was, I was getting cramped in my groin, and I've never had cramped in my groin since about 70. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. I was saying to the physio, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. And he's giving me these, he had these like chilly shots. And it was the, I was being sick after, <laughs> after 75, I had three of these shots and I was being sick. Yeah. Like, just just to try and get through the game that's 
sometimes it's, you yeah. get to a point where the weather takes that much out, you're just trying to get through it. And you just, you're not really, yeah. You should be thinking you're not really getting the best out of the players then. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly, yeah. Tough. And it's, I, it's worse for the fans as well because the fans are watching and thinking, why is he doing that? Yeah, look at this why, guy. He's why is he so tired already? <laughs> well, yeah, well, you're used to minus two, yeah. minus two yeah. conditions. I'm used to it like this oh. down on my head and that. And I'm like, yeah, none of Did that. Did the chili shots work? No. I got through the game, but they didn't work. They just made me feel sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a placebo. It's just a placebo. I think it's a placebo. He won't say it. I do Oh, I, I do have a question on that actually um, obviously there's a few A-League clubs you can give exception like the Sydney FC fans are great super yeah. passionate uh, probably the Western Sydney Wanderers fans but do you think that plays a big factor with you coming through the football leagues where like football is pretty much life and death in, in England and you know the, the, they pretty much fill out their stadiums for every game and was that a bit of a shock sometimes in terms of like playing there and then coming here and, and, and noticing that? Yeah, obviously, you know, the Cove are brilliant here. Like you say, the, the Western Sydney ones are good. Uh, I think it's Melbourne City's have decent fans. When we play victory, it's always a, a good crowd as well. And obviously, it's, it's quite hard with the logistics of the travel here. That's a little bit different to obviously England where... You, know, you can get up and down England in three or four hours depending on traffic, whereas here it's always a flight everywhere and the cost of that is is obviously going to dictate what, what fans go. Um, and, and obviously the atmosphere of games, you know, it's, it's not nice as a footballer if you know, the crowds are empty. Look at the, the last derby we played when the behind closed doors and drew one all. It was one of the weirdest games I've ever played yeah. in my life because of you yeah. know the whole situation of the game. It's a derby. We're meant to hate each other. Um, we're going at it and you know, no one's there. It's like... <laughs> Your celebration cracked me up, though. <laughs> like, cracked me up. That's what sort of thing I had to get my head around. It was like, oh, let's just have a laugh and just do this. Like, <laughs> I, I seen it on Twitter. I was creasing. I seen, I seen it on all like, the Insta sites, 433 and stuff like that. They didn't tag me in that to give me some more followers. Or ah, <laughs> come on. I have a word with 433. Oh, come on. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um... Back to back to a serious question, um, and I think this is this is going to be really good for our players that are listening. Obviously, you're a striker, um, and your job is to to score goals, which is what you've done. But have you got any advice for like our strikers or attacking players that are maybe going through a dry spell, not scoring like in maybe four or five games? What what methods have you used to get back on track and? Yeah, just advice for any attacking player that might be going through a dry spell, haven't scored for a while. Yeah, uh, that's a really good question because I think when I was younger, I didn't really deal with that well. Uh, I've been so used to scoring, especially junior football, like, from 10 to 18. In, in anything prior to professional football, I was scoring at will more or less. And you know, when I got into play against better teams and better defenders, it would weigh a little bit more on my mind of you know, sending the team to score goals and. I wasn't doing that. Um, and for me, a lot of it is po like positive reinforcement. I do a lot of uh, videos of my goals. I watch my goals over again. For me, um, I always think if I'm not scoring, I have to contribute in other ways, so I'll work even harder. Um, and I think as a striker, you always have to think it's better to be missing chances than not to be taking any, like not to be having any chances. So putting yourself in them positions to even miss is better than not putting yourself in them positions because you can't score if you don't shoot. So if you're, there was a point last season, I, um, I started it really well, scored 10 in 11 or something like that. And then I went three or four games without scoring. And I looked back at a few of the games and I was probably playing a bit too wide. And I come to a point where I thought, oh, I just have to stay between the sticks here and, and do what I've been doing where, you know, I've, I've been in the penalty box and just doing that, I'm not no good to the team if I'm playing out left and, and cutting in and trying to cross the ball for people because no one's on the end of it. I think for me, it was all about you know working hard and then getting back to what I'm good at and putting myself in the right positions to, to get opportunities to score. Wow. There we go, guys. That was great. Um, so, so can I just actually ask, ask something on that? Obviously, you said that you won a couple of games without scoring. Um, you're obviously playing in the A-League as what they call a foreign player or visa yeah. player, whatever you want to call it. Do you feel like there's, well, I'm assuming there is a lot more pressure as a foreigner that you're expected to perform all the time. 
Um, do you feel like that's maybe a bit of unrealistic pressure sometimes? Because I know there's a big debate here about the quality of some of the foreigners that come to the league. Obviously, I wouldn't put you in that category, scoring goals for fun, mate. But um, what do you think is the pressure there as a foreign player? I don't really have any pressure, I don't think. Because I put, I put it all on myself anyway when I came out here. I said I was going to score more than Bobo. Um, I wanted yeah. that pressure. I think as, for me, as a striker and the person who I am, um, I wanted all the pressure on me because I, I feel I needed that challenge to motivate me. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think for me, like anything like that, I, I, I love it. I want people to, to fear me. I want people to double mark me. I want, I want them to bring pressure. I want them to come and try and smash me in a game. Because oh, I've been brought up on that. I've, I've been smashing since I was about 14 years old in every game I've played in. So it, okay. it doesn't bother me. So I, I, for me, I enjoyed that pressure. Obviously, some players are different. Young, it might be different when you're younger and, and yeah. you don't have that sounding board. But for me, I know where I'm at as a player. And um, For me, I didn't really feel any pressure. Uh, I knew I was going to score goals because I've always done that. So it, it didn't really affect me in that sort of way. Right Adam, I'm just gonna um, Alf, I'm just gonna show you. I'm gonna share the screen. Um, yeah. Hopefully, you can see it. Just gonna share a screen for a second. Can you Can you see that there? Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna ask you a quick question. I'm gonna ask you to give like your top three tips that a striker must be very good at. But I'm just gonna show this finish first because. After watching a lot of your goals on YouTube and stuff, I've, I, I realised, obviously, because the three of us are coaches and that's our job and that's our passion, but I noticed um, you just anticipate things very well. Like, you, 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 were, you were sort of like one, two steps ahead of everyone else. You knew where the ball was going to land. Your movement is, is spot on. Your awareness is good. And then, obviously, your quality of finishing was next level. But this one stuck out for me. You, you know, you anticipated the flick on. Yeah. Bang. All right, to finish oh, that, that's the first time I've seen that. <laughs> Scott, that's, that's going to go clean on Joe on a one-on-one after I finish this. Yeah. But yeah, like, Don't tag him either. Yeah, no, I won't tag him. <laughs> but that's a... There's poaching, this one as well. Oh, yeah, you, that's what I mean, just like looking Alfie, at these goals. Alfie, what, what, what was he like? Um, Sammy Amiobi, is that what, who hit that? Yeah, one? very good, very good footballer. Just, yeah, yeah. just head, uh, battling uh, header. Oh, header. Shane's a good header of the ball. It's weird. Like that, small players. That's an, that's an Ellen Rod. That's an Ellen Rod. Oh, I've seen this. Smash it down the middle. Pull that. Yeah. Right, pause it there for a second, Lee. Yeah. I want you to tell me what you think about this, right? Lee Jones, guy in the hat there, reckons he's scored something like 106 out of 107 penalties. Reckons he's only ever missed one penalty in his life. <laughs> Oi, that's Talk to me about what I'm, you think. That was like, what do you think about that? Kid? Oh. He's counting under eight and stuff. He, he reckons he's only ever missed one pen in his life. This <laughs> only he can answer that, not for me. That. Jeez, Alfie, that. I'm not lying, mate. I swear I've missed one what's pen. The, what's the statistically? 160 Yeah, 118 penalties taken, 117 scored. There you go. It's even Lads, worse don't believe me. <laughs> don't. Alfie, on them highlights, um, we've seen you scored uh, against Leeds. Yeah. Yeah? I'm a massive <laughs> Leeds fan. Oh, yeah. So I'm asked, <laughs> I've scored against Leeds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or kick him off. <laughs> was was the atmosphere good at Ellen Road? Or it depends, obviously, what time you played in that. But obviously, yeah, no, we're flying really, now. Really good. Uh, <laughs> I always, I always love Leeds. Leeds is such a big club. Uh, great fans. It's sort of the, the club that I thought I would always play for. Someone like that, you know, a massive club in in and around the northwest. They were always sort of linked with me as well when I was younger. Um, and I used to love playing against them as well. I, I had like a decent record against them. Um, and yeah, th- their fans were awesome. I used to love going to Ellen Road. Pitch was always immaculate. Fans would always, you know, give you some as well, which is which yeah, is yeah. what I always loved as a footballer. You know, it's a, the, the 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 grounds sort of iconic in it. Realistically, when you when you look at the, the stadiums in England now, you know they're one of the ones mm. that test, you know, standing the test of time. Really. Well. So, sorry, every time I listen to these podcasts, I always think of some good questions to ask you because it's very rare that you have like people like yourself on the podcast. But you just mentioned there that fans were giving you some. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I know from being from the UK and Shane, similar as well. Shane played for Sheffield United. Um, like, I feel like, what, what advice would you give to players then if they were getting that? Because I, I mentioned this in coaching. I'm like, 
it's all right you it's all right you're doing it at Charles being over when there's a man and a dog watching but yeah. can you handle pressure when there's fans shouting abuse at you or like for me I think a lot of players that I know like they crumble in them situations yeah. and they can't actually deal with it what 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 have you done to deal with stuff like that especially obviously I used to try to wind them up I'd always be <laughs> laughing at them winking blowing kisses anything <laughs> I wind them up because I've always had the mentality where is if you're getting booed by the fans that means they respect you and fear you you know mm, and, uh, that's interesting because if the fans don't like you it means you know they're worried about you you're doing something right yeah that's that's, 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 that's for me unless you smash one of their players early doors and got booked and I think it could have been off then. But, you know, normally for me, it was, I was either diving, play acting or whatever, and you know, I'd get up, give them a little wink, blow them a kiss, watch their player get booked and run off. And that'd be sort of <laughs> even if I scored, I'd always like to you know, just give them a little bit as well. So you'd say that, like, like a big part of that is, is your confidence, really, just backing your own ability, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've always had a lot of, you know, self-confidence in myself. Uh, I always know, you know, what my ability can do and what I can do given the opportunities and uh, you know for me it was, it was always nice if the fans give you a little bit of stick and you know you score the winner or you score an important goal against them you know give them a little shush or a little wink or whatever let them know, like you know get back in your box love that because a lot of our players that we coach in Australia they're so talented honestly there's a lot of talent out here but they do lack a little bit in confidence um and we say this all the time as coaches that you have to be able to back what you're good at, your own ability, and you've got to run with it. You know, there's a lot of good players that struggle with that, and it's quite a tough thing to teach as well. It's like, yeah. how do you teach someone to be that confident, you know, but it's so important for the game. Yeah, of course. It's always a thin line as well, isn't it, between arrogance and, and confidence. You can be, yeah. you know, totally confident of your ability and not rub people the wrong way, and you can be, you know, way over the top with it, and people, you know, taking exceptions to that and, and want to kick you all over the pitch and, you know, if you, you know, there was always the thing when you were younger, if you had the flashy boots on, you were the player everyone wanted to boot and kick up all over the pitch. When, you know, realistically, you, you probably weren't. You probably just liked them boots. But, you know, <laughs> it made you a marked man if you had, you know, flashy yeah. boots or whatever. And um, I think even, even now, like, you look at the flair players in the game, they get kicked all over the place, but they just learn to get on with it now. Uh, you know, look at Messi. He gets lynched every game. They still yeah. can't stop him. You know, he's, he's just yeah. got that air of arrogance about him as well as a player because he, he knows, keep bringing me down, I'll keep getting up and ripping you. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's just that sort of player. Yeah, I love that. That's a really just interesting... A, just, just a quick one again on um, stadiums, Alfie. Obviously, you would have played in hundreds of stadiums. What is the, the best atmosphere or, or the best um, ground that you felt you've, you've played in? Old Trafford's best stadium, just because of United fans, theatre of dreams. Oh, yeah. Alfie. You scored? Oh, you're back That's there the as well, the, That's the end yeah. of the podcast, I, lads. I, I scored against Shad at home, not, uh, not away to home. Oh, was it away, was it? So not, not Anfield then, Anfield, you know? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I love to have scored there. Oh. Obviously, you're a massive United fan. What was that like playing at, at, at theatre of dreams then? Old toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the highlights of my career, you know. Really? Like I say, I keep going back to it. I was playing League Two, so I couldn't have dreamed of you know, playing yeah, all wow. If you play in the Cup, you go to, to obviously Old Trafford. Mm. I've actually go there twice. We played him in the fifth round of the Cup when I started there, and then we played him in the League not long after that. And I who, so, who was the oh. two centre-backs that were playing that time? Vidic. Vidic. And I want to say Johnny Evans. For one of them, the, the game I scored was Johnny Evans and Rio, I think. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. name dropping. Did you have any chances when you were at Old Trafford? Um, I had one left foot volley. Um, oh, banged one in top end. Yeah, yeah, made a great save. To be fair, <laughs> it was sort of yeah. like perfect height for him. Like it was, you know, in his wheelhouse, it weren't proper low and it weren't proper high. If it, if it was higher or lower, I reckon I have a much better chance of scoring past him, but. He's, he's That's good. incredible, mate. You've played, you've played at Old Trafford. We play, we play, we play in the Lions, mate. The Lions Den. Valentine's Sports Park, mate. We yes, play at Valentine's. Yeah. Is that? I'm happy to play there at the minute. Mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, yeah. happy. Oh, yeah. Nah. Hey, just on that, are you guys 
do you guys know when you guys are starting back up or have, yeah, have we, any word? We go back in uh, the 1st of July, I think. That's the, the plan at the okay. moment. We go back the 1st of July. Season will mm-hmm. start up again uh, August 1st, I think, for the finish. Oh, finish. oh wow. Try and get through all the pictures and the final service. Is it, is it expected to be yeah, behind closed doors. doors at the moment? Yeah, it will be. I think it's going to be behind closed doors until January. Oh, wow, no. Yeah. Wow. For the new year. I think that's globally, really. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. Are you going to stay here for a while, Alfie, or what, what are your plans? I'm, I'm planning to, yeah. Uh, obviously, I've got another year on my contract. I've been speaking to Sydney about a new deal as well. They, they want to give me a new deal as well. Amazing. So, Love it. Well done. It works out, it does, but... It's, it's, you know, you know what football's like and changing a, a drop of that. You have, in a drop of that, so. Do you have any aspirations to go play in any other country that maybe you haven't done before? Maybe somewhere else in Europe or even Asia or, I don't know, somewhere else? I don't know. MLS. The opportunity in front of me, you know, uh, I would love to have played in the MLS before I came here. Hmm. You know, they were the two major ones I wanted to play in here with or, or the MLS. I don't know if, you know, I'm too old for that now or, or whatever. Uh, Depends how long I stay here for, you know what I mean? But, plenty um, of golf, Alfie. Plenty of golf uh, to be played in Sydney, I mate. <laughs> yeah, but if I went to the MLS playing Atlanta, oh, down yeah. the road from the Masters. Oh. <laughs> we've, got a few, we've got a few connections in the MLS. Yeah. Just means that, you know, could happen, mate. Could happen. JFM. Yeah, it could so, happen. So, Alfie, there's a bit, there's word on the street about you and being a golfer. How good at golf are you? Uh, at the minute, I'm average because I've not yeah. played for a while. But when I'm playing, I'm, I'm decent enough. Like, I can get myself around decent enough. It just depends. If I, I've, like anything, you have to play, especially golf. You have to play it regularly to, to yeah. you know, fulfill your potential. Especially you have what to train it as well. They um, said that you've been swerving them for a while for a game. He said only down the road from me. So I know we need to go to, to the old. We reckon this is your jogging every morning, mate. Yeah, so why's <laughs> balcony? Yeah, not the word jogging. You were not getting out of it. Like, not getting out of the jog. Uh, oh, it's, uh, what a game! Lads. A lot of professional players, a lot of professional footballers play golf, don't they? Loads. Yeah, I think it's just a good way to switch off as well. Yeah, you don't really have your phone on. You know, sort of you on your own, battling against the clubs and the court. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. it's going to be other people that are trying to put you off, whoever you're playing with and stuff, but. You know, it's all on your shoulders and it's oh, okay. you to be you know, under the pressure. I um I have got one last question for you, Alfie, and then we're gonna do like a quick fire question round, which we might probably elaborate on some of them, but that's gonna be really good. But the last question I wanna ask you, which we've got here is is what is we we asked this as well quite to quite a few of our guests, is what's like the funniest or craziest thing or story you've ever seen in, in your career that is obviously <laughs> PG. Uh, PG. Oh, I get MA. Surely MA at least. Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> Gloves off. Editing. You, <laughs> you can edit it out. Yeah, go on. Give us two. I like that. I like that. Yes, yes. yes. Like that. Right. So we've got. I love. This is a funny one because it's got golf involved as well. We were playing. Uh, we've, we've just been promoted with Bolton to the championship. And the chairman sent us to Dubai. So. We're playing a round of golf, as you do. There's me, Jem Karakan, Mark Beavers, and Chris Taylor in the four ball. So we're flying up the fairway on the, I don't know what hole, fourth, fifth or something. We obviously had a few beers as you're playing. And I've turned onto the fairway and I've, I'm just driving. And I've looked around and no one's in the car next to me. And that, bear in mind, I'm driving with Jem. So I've turned back round and on the fairway, I just see him rolling. It's <laughs> <laughs> course, like... And I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, ah! Rolling around on the court. I'm like, 180 spin, flying back, like laughing my head off. Can't stop laughing. There's people waiting on the tee box. And he's in the middle of the fairway rolling around like, like what have you done? He's like, you just threw me off. And I'm like, how have I done that? I've, turned, I've just turned on the fairway. So why did you jump off? I said, I didn't jump off. You threw me off. So he just... Bobbed off like that. Oh, it was, for me, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen and ever been involved with. Like, you just see him, <laughs> see this guy rolling around on a fairway. And, like, obviously, like, a decent course in Dubai. I was like, what? Obviously, he's probably had a few too many drinks or whatever, but it was so. <laughs> like, 
it was one of the funniest things I've ever been involved with in my entire life. Love it. You can't be football banter. No, no, you can't. Okay. I was just going to share one of mine, like went little short one, but when I first passed my test and I turned up with me, um, turned up at Wrexham in me Renault Clio with hot, <laughs> with hot Wheels on it, thinking I'm the man. You know when you put hot rims on your car yeah. when you first pass your set, and uh, yeah, just came back from training that day, first time driving after passing my test, and one of the one of the injured lads had gone in my bag and took the keys and drove it like three four mile away. And when we came out, I just <laughs> I was like. Where's my car? <laughs> Complete head loss and everyone just drove off and left me there. And the worst part about it, didn't contact me for about four or five hours. But I still didn't know where my car was. I literally thought it had been robbed. <laughs> but it's like, going back to what you said, Shane, it's like football banter is like, it's, it's a In, mess. Yeah. Dressing rooms are rootless. Oh, yes. Bad. Yeah, I've seen some bad stuff, especially when I was a wife. I've, I nearly cried on a Christmas. They made me nearly cry on a Christmas party. Like, you know, um, <laughs> you know when I always try to do eggy buffs? You yeah. know what eggy buff is? Explain that to the Man. listeners. you got to explain that. So, it's called, I'm not having the clue why it's called eggy buff, but um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty much that, say, if you come late or something, then if there's a group already, say, in the pub, then someone calls an eggy buff, which means that the first person to, to kind of acknowledge that you come in there has to obviously do a four. <laughs> oh, it's and the I worst. Remember, I remember we were, I think we were in Bournemouth for a Christmas party and the whole first day, like I went in at 11 o'clock in the morning and went everywhere. We went like every pub, still at about 12 o'clock at night and no one had spoke a word to me. <laughs> I, I, was, I was like, boys, someone say something to me. I lost him. Someone Young Shano. You've got to be able to take that. Yeah, yeah, you have to. You're stronger. Ads, I, I love that. It's like a form of bullying, but... <laughs> yeah, no. Shane's, uh, Shane's had a few issues with cyberbullying. Uh, oh, Adzi, I don't man. know if you knew that. It's part of the game, though, isn't it? Like, it's part of the game. You've got to be able to deal with it. It's, yeah, it's, you've got to be a, st- a stronger character, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, it's, it's not nice to say, but you've got to be able to handle the sort of rigours of a changing room as well as mm. and hold your own on the pitch as well, because you get banter on the pitch all the time in the middle of a game someone shoved a finger up my ass in one game the touchline screw is that to the line was that it was in league two it's for stockport i was shielding the ball and next minute i swear to you i jumped about 40 foot in the air i was like nah <laughs> was like, what's going on not again <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 at the time I, mm. Like, wow. you know, is this what the man's game's like? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's quality. Uh, I think we're going to finish with a quick fire buzzing for this. Love it. Right. Alfie, you basically have five seconds to, to, to try and answer the question, all right? If, if it goes past five, I'm going to move on. And then out of the 25, Jules and Shane, uh, obviously on some of maybe of his most interesting answers, we'll maybe just elaborate on a few yeah. uh, after the quick fire. But are you, are you ready, Alfie? Yeah, go on then. Right, I'm going to try and smash this in a minute as well because I want to try and put it maybe as an Instagram post. Here we go. Right. Um, best player you've played with? Ian Hart. Ooh. Fair. Best player you've played against? Uh, Rio and Vidic. Ooh, two there. Best player at Sydney FC? Side myself. Yeah, <laughs> I love the honesty. Minko. Minko. Yeah, yeah, what a player. Best best manager you've ever had? Bram at Oh, love it. Best ground you've played at? Old Trafford. Most hostile ground you've ever played at? Millwall. Oh, wow. Best moment as a footballer? Uh, scoring two for Reading at Southampton away to win the, champ- to win the championship pretty much. Wow. A player that you've thought is stealing a living. <laughs> <I can't do. laughs> There's a few of them. Shane's stealing a living, right? Isn't it? <laughs> uh, what What do you enjoy playing more, golf or football? Playing. Playing, uh, football, sure. Love it. Yeah, I love that. A draw or cheeky fade? I draw all day, but I'm a fader. 
Oh, <laughs> I've seen you swing actually on Instagram. Cheeky, yeah. cheeky slice on that. Uh, Nike or Adidas? <laughs> Nike. Yeah, good. I notice you wear vapors a lot. Uh, yeah. Night out with the lads or night in with the missus? Around the golf with the boys. Oh, <laughs> Messi or Ronaldo? Ronnie. Oh, yes. Shaz has gone Ronnie. Love that. Best, best pair of boots you've ever had? Um, silver and green uh, R9 Vapors. Oh my God, they're up there. <laughs> best goal you've ever scored? Probably the one you showed or I scored a left foot volley for Reading at home to Watford. Yeah, Very love, simple. love a, a left foot volley. Yeah. yeah, loves it. Chocolate as well. A player that you think <laughs> a player a player that you think should be playing at a higher level. Nick Powell. Well, best piece of advice you you ever got during your career. Um, just work out. I love it. Just keep it basic. Yeah. Your footballing hero growing up. Solskjaer. Oh, not Cantona. Right. Yeah, Cantona as well, but Solskjaer was more my era sort of thing. Cantona right. was done. You must that. be buzzing that he's a gaffer then. Yeah, he signed them. <laughs> uh, best football game you've seen live? Ooh. I'd say our one. Uh, but I played in Bolton v Forest 3 2 was the last day of the season to stay up. Oh. Winner. Love that. Your best mate in football? Quite a few. Yeah, uh, I'd probably say Jem Carrico. Nice. Uh, NBA 2K or Football Manager? Ah, I can't do that to me. <laughs> I'm playing NBA at the minute, but Footy Manager. Yeah. Oh. Best ever music yeah. album? Eminem. Uh, Real Marshall. Oh, wow. oh, album. Series album. Funniest player you've come across in your career? Jem Carrico. Including all sports, who is the greatest athlete ever? Ever. Tiger. Oh my god, I totally agree as well. <laughs> Describe yourself LeBron. in three words. Last question. Describe yourself in three words. That's to be the worst question. Ambitious, funny, confident. Yeah. Yes. Hey. Hey, that, that's class. That's class. Uh, that, and that's the quick fire, ladies and gentlemen. I, Smashed I, it. Jules, some of them questions are quality. Come on, I was thinking about Dude. them all day. I said smash it, bro. I'm backing you. Alfie, Alfie, do you like your basketball? Yeah, I've started to. Because I can't watch football as much here. I've picked up and can't really, I don't really watch the golf in the day as much. Um, I picked up basketball and started watching that more. And, and hooked now, really, on that as well. Yeah, I like, I like the maths. I like Doncic, man. He's sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Shane's right, a so massive NBA fan. You're playing. You're playing two K, yeah. Yeah, I'm on what? What rating is, is your player? My player. Ninety at the minute. Two K sorted me out. Give me some coins. Is he a shooter? Yeah, shooting guard, three level scorer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah you're playing it. around exactly. with like his jump shot and that. Killing me at the minute from the three point line. <laughs> Just talking about basketball rubbish here, Jules, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> nah, basketball's all right. Uh, no, I've got a question. I've got a question, Alfie. Um, I think it slipped under the guard there, but I picked it up. Um, <laughs> you said that Ollie signed you when you were at Cardiff. Is that yeah, right? yeah. So, what was your experience playing under him, and and how long did you get to play with Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer? Um, twelve games, I think it was. That, that's probably the reason I signed for Cardiff was because he was the manager. I wanted to, you know, play for my idol. Uh, he obviously had a good reputation for mould as well. Um, come in. Really enjoyed him. After two weeks, he, him and his staff were pulling me in, saying, look, we like what we see from you. You're going to be a big player for more. So we expect you to be one of the captains in the changing rooms, stuff like that. I was really infused after that. You know, as a player, when, when a manager says something like that, especially, you know, my footballing hero says that to me, I was buzzing. So I couldn't wait for it, really. Couldn't wait for the season to start. And we were just quite indifferent at the start of the season. Um, struggled a little bit, considering we, we wanted to bounce straight back to the Prem and um, he didn't last long the 10-12 games he was you know, Vincent Tan had seen enough I think and just said oh, on your way sort of thing and we sort of unravelled after that and I think Vincent Tan sort of gave up on the season and started just getting rid of players Do you think Manchester United are in good hands with, with Ollie at the minute? Um, I don't think it was my choice I wanted Pochettino I think Pochettino would have been 
you know, he's the ideal candidate candidate for, for United. But I think with the cards all he's been dealt, I think he's done a fantastic job really. Obviously he had that massive high when he came in, which was, you know, totally un- unsustainable. You know, you can't win all them games and keep doing that. Um, with the same squad that's been, you know, sort of kidding the Premier League for a while with Mourinho. And there's always going to be a low and a, and a lull from the players. And, you know, that's subsequently followed. And, you know, it's how fickle football is. You know, everyone's singing all is at the wheel. Hmm. Four months late, they want him out. Um, you know, I think you've obviously given Man United fans. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. It's any fans, though. <laughs> it's any fans, really, in it, football. I think if, yeah. if you're not successful straight away, or you are successful straight away, you raise the standards and, and the expectations straight away, as soon as you dip below that, fans want your head and um, you know that's what's I think such a hard thing to be a football manager these days you get no time you get you get no uh, loyalty from anyone you're just waiting to be sacked from your next job really you know yeah. you take a job and then you just you sort of saving off being sacked for, for however long you can that's how successful you are it's ruthless mate isn't it to be fair yeah well, that's ruthless. football in general though I think I think obviously it's a little bit more ruthless with managers than players but still it's, it's like that with players you know look at the turnover in, in footballers that thrown on the scrappy it's like that every season really and that's just the, the ruthless world of, of football and how it's you know gone that way yeah definitely mate I think um, I think just before before we wrap this up and I've, Jules and Shane if we've missed any really good questions try and remember but I just want to we've been saying this to everyone as well we're actually because over the last couple of weeks our podcast is hit the roof and obviously have an amazing guest like yourself. It's just going to keep, keep snowballing for us. We, we had Gail Clichy, um, I've seen that, yeah. in the last two, it was amazing. Uh, but what we have been doing is we're doing out a podcast room. Like we're, we're going to do it all up like really professional. So is there any chance you could send us a signed shirt, mate? That would be amazing. Okay. Yeah, sure. I've got them all in this cupboard here behind me. So yeah, I'll be able to do that. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> if there's any that you don't want, like maybe a cheeky Rio top or something. I noticed <laughs> that. The only tops I keep uh, were Aguero. I've seen him on your Instagram. Torres as well. Torres. Yeah, they're the only, they're the only two strikers I, I went for. Oh, fact, my God. I had Percy's, but I couldn't get it. I didn't, oh. I didn't really go, really go shirt hunting. What a player, mate. Yeah, unreal. Unbelievable. Um, and then the last thing I want to say is if we ever get a chance, mate, I'd love to do um, a video golf YouTube with you as well. Yeah, yeah that's fine with me, mate. Shane said he would get on the camera as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it'd be quality if we do it. I think it'd be, yeah, it'd be quality. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be carry lads. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we were in Vegas just before you go. We're in Vegas and Jules is, oh my God. Jules oh, is yeah. golf. We've got a serious swing on Terrible. me. Yeah. Nah, trust me. in Vegas? Yeah, we went top golf in Vegas and Jules... Wore a shirt that was that tight, he couldn't couldn't even couldn't even get to like half swing, mate. It was I've been eating I've been eating in and out burgers the whole week. I feel miles off it. <laughs> oh, what a place Vegas is, by the way. Yeah, I played uh, I played the win there when I went. Oh wow! Played the win and um, have you seen TPC Summerlin where they play sometimes? We're doing a event there. BJ. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, seen I played there man. as well, mate. Oh my god. I took well, a mate there after a night out. Obviously, went the morning after. We had to wake him up. He had like an hour's sleep. He was the most pissed I've ever seen anyone on a golf course. He was on the range, <laughs> shanking every ball. This is obviously like a prestigious course. So I was like, oh my god! In the, in the club shop, I was like watching him on the range. I was like, I can't take him on course. Like he's, he's carving it up everywhere. He's got all the members, all the other people, people watching him, and they were like. Stuffing like, <laughs> it, and I was like, "Oh my god, like, <laughs> can't do it, lads! Like, we have to leave him. We have to leave him. Here. We'll, we'll get yeah. him at nine or whatever." So we've gone on the first. Obviously, he's come with us, and he's put one. We had a starter, so obviously, I was already shitting it. I was like, "He's, he's gonna have one here, hundred percent." I'm worried about it. He hits it four yards into these reeds in front of him, and he just goes, <laughs> "It's playable, that." I just got in my golf carts went like, see you, I'll see you down there, lads. I just got in mine and drove off, man. Oh, nothing man. worse. Because no, golf's like, there's, there's a lot of etiquette in golf. That's, there's nothing worse than that. That's bad. Yeah, of course. Yeah, especially when you go to like a nice course and you're a visitor. I was just like, oh, my name, well, you, like the receipt or whatever. And I was like, please don't. If you're, steam, if you're steaming on the tee box, though, and someone's looking at you, 
there's only one way it's going to end up. Yeah, no, he was like swaying all over the gaff as well. Like he looked for like seven or eight holes, he didn't know where he was, and that's no word of a lie. It's <laughs> literally no word of a lie. What's uh, what was the best course you played on? Uh, Moringa. <laughs> to be fair, I like I like links courses now. I played a few uh, in England. I played Royal Liverpool. I like that one. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, I like, I like that one. And I like uh, New South out there. I played that with Jem. Oh. He was a mega coach. You played that with Jamie Carragher, did you say? Jane, Jem Carragher. Oh, I thought you said Carragher. Oh, when he was out there for the Mariners, me and him played yeah. birthday. Oh, amazing. Unbelievable it was. It's like, it's obviously, it's just how, how you picture it. You know, like, when you see perfect golf, everything yeah. manicured and that, so it's there's some very good golf courses in Sydney, mate. Very good golf courses here. Um, listen, mate, you're an absolute legend. Thank, honestly, one of my favourite guests. It's been such a good laugh as well as getting so even just great laugh, great insight, a little bit of serious talk. It was, it was probably one of my favourite ones so far. You're an absolute legend, mate, and we really appreciate the time coming on. And our listeners will, I'm sure, will get a lot out of it. Alfie, thanks a lot, mate. You're <laughs> a legend. Guys, thanks a lot for that. Hopefully see you back on the pitch Take again care. soon, mate. Yeah, all the best if, you, if that stay does happen as well. Yeah, stay safe, guys. See you later. Likewise. See you Take care. care. Man. See you later. Bye. Bye. Yes, legends. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please follow us on all our social media platforms. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast. See you on the next one.